Sports Radio, W-E-E-I. Tarkan and Mego, Christian Arkan here. Megan Adelini over there. How you doing, Mego? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, feeling uh, feeling old. Happy feeling old birthday. Today. Thank you it's very Arcan's much. It's Arkan's birthday, so if you call in and you like Arkan, you wish <laughs> him a happy birthday. Thank you. No. Okay, turn that off. You can call in or you can just ignore it and get to your point. That's fine, too. I'm, I prefer you just got to your point because this is a birthday. This is the birthday that no one cares about, except for you, Megan. I thank you. You uh, brought me a cake today. That was very nice. Um, my uh, my baby gave me um, two presents this morning, not just one. Yeah. Both in the diaper. Splatters. That was nice. Yeah, he's got, the, uh, he's got the splats right now. Hope you're not eating a late lunch. <laughs> that is what, uh, that's what my birthday, that's how my birthday started. <laughs> Uh, but I'm 41 years old today. The big 4-1, the least important birthday maybe there's ever been or there will ever be. It's a birthday you don't want to celebrate. It's a birthday you don't even want to acknowledge. 40 was one thing because that's like a, you know, it's a you nice round there. number. 41, I mean, this is just the beginning of the end, isn't it? No. Yes. No. Oh, yes, definitely. 41 it's is, nice you to say 41 that, but you're blind is like the new 29. That's how far <laughs> you got to push everything back for you. Yes, it is. You're doing stuff in your life like you're 29. You have a baby. Yeah, you right, which means I'm not, doing, I'm not doing anything about <laughs> right now. It's just, for people like us, we got to push the goalposts back so much, so celebrate it. That's right. Um, I will be celebrating. We'll all be celebrating later tonight. Yes. Uh, we'll be uh, partying down on Causeway Street, and that's uh, that's exciting. It'll be all good times, good vibes down there at TD Garden, and all bad vibes over on uh, Jersey Street with the Red Sox, which is where we'll start because, my God, just when you thought – just when you thought things couldn't get, like, you can't get worse, you, the the narrative around this team and this organization couldn't get much worse. And I know they just signed Rafael Devers, and that was a mostly positive thing, but even that still had, like, a lot of questions surrounding it. Now you sort of see, maybe a little more clearly, exactly what that was all about, Xander Bogart's leaving, and what that might be all about. Uh, Trevor Story is going to be out for a while, according to High and Bloom. And uh, this whole thing, I think, is just more more of an indication that, number one, High and Bloom's not very good at this job, I don't think. And I don't necessarily blame him for everything or think that he was set up to succeed here because he wasn't. But I don't think he's very good at it. I don't think the things that he says are very reassuring either. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute here. But also, uh, the way that ownership has sort of let this happen and allowed these things to sort of go on the way they have is ridiculous. And I think just uh, where, you know, where was uh, John Henry today? This is indicative of an absentee ownership group that could give a rat's ass. I feel like about this team that that's what I'm, that's what I'm sort of uh, left feeling right now. And maybe that'll change. Maybe once the, you know, the hot stove starts heating up here, high and bloom says any minute now we're going to get one of these pitchers. <laughs> so that's exciting. But uh, yeah, right now it's hard not to, it's hard not to think of this upcoming Red Sox season as almost a lost season before it even starts. Absolutely. I mean, look, it feels like with these Red Sox, with ownership and with management here, it feels like a haunted house where anytime you turn you turn a corner, like, Buh, there's a monster there. Something's going to jump out at you. And this is this is really dire because I think one of the biggest or one of the biggest issues last season was having so many guys play out of position defensively. And we saw it. A lot of it was the injury bug that they caught. They were snake bed at different points in the season after having a good June. But this is we're not even at the season and you're already here. And we just got to get right to Xander. How this relates to the mishandling of Xander Bogart's contract situation. Because you start out, you know, about 10 months ago, you signed Trevor Story to the $140 million deal. You have 
Xander Bogarts as the guy who's essentially helping court story to bring him here. Yes, thank you. Uh, In part, believing that, you know, Xander's going to be able to play whatever he wants to play and be here long term, you know, be here through his career. Right. And actually, none of that is the case. And you expect to have then Trevor story. This is making a lot more sense now. Why Heim after Xander was blown out of town now wouldn't immediately say, okay, well, we see Trevor Story in that spot. And at the time, it looked like, well, is this him just not wanting to, you know, pile on and say this was the plan from the beginning and we wanted Story cheaper here or whatever and not get up to $200 million with Xander? It's just... They could have said we spent a lot of money at a middle infielder just last year. We couldn't do it two years in a row. That wouldn't... I wouldn't have bought that. I would have thought they were full of crap, but, but it could have said that But think about the timeline here. But so, they didn't say okay, You're right. They so didn't Xander say signs, I think it was like around December 6th with the Padres. Mm-hmm. Apparently, his... Uh, if, you, if you believe everything on its face as the Red Sox are communicating it, and we'll get to whether you do or not. But if you believe everything on its face, so you get to around Christmas time, Trevor Story is ramping up, working out, and his arm starts barking then. So this is basically like, you know, three weeks after you had to pack up everything for Xander. Mm -hmm. You're going to come out and say, then, (laughs) you know, well, actually, uh, you know that huge mistake that we just made? Now, plan B isn't working out either. So we have to come up with plan C on the fly, which we can get to what plan C might be. I'm not optimistic about any plan C because they're not going to, the way that that ownership and that that the owners and that Hein Bloom have operated, they are not going to trade anything that they think might pan out in the future yeah. three, four years from now. For something right now that would make any kind of impact. They're just not, they haven't shown us anything that they're going to do it. I don't think they believe in this team and this roster. I don't think they believe it's worth investing in like that. I think that at this point, you know, we've made a big investment in a player that was already here. We made a big investment in a player that we don't want to lose because he's young and we feel like keeping him around is a, is a prudent thing to do. But that's it. That's the that's as wild as we're getting. That's as much as we're joining this hot stove season here because you're right. I don't think any of that other stuff is really even on the table. And every other free agent that they've gone for, other than Kenley Jansen, basically, they've whiffed on and not just got outbid at the last second. They weren't even close half the time. Didn't even make a competitive offer, even on their own guys, let alone, you know, Dansby Swanson and Jose Abreu and these other guys who they all said they were, you know, big time, uh, big time priorities, all gone to other teams, real teams. And uh, the Red Sox are sitting there, you know, looking around like, well, I guess, I guess we'll just throw all this money at Rafael Devers and bring him back, which again, fine. And your analogy about bringing the food out is, is true. They did eventually bring it out, but uh, the, it just seems like, it just seems like right now there's so much wrong with this team. And so many things that are just going in the absolute wrong direction that I almost feel like they need to bring in somebody else just to just to change like the mojo a little bit. Like somebody nothing, else in terms of in terms of who's making these decisions GM. and who. Yeah, exactly. sorry, president of baseball operations or yeah, chief like baseball officer or whatever the hell his title is. Like, I just I'm sorry. Like, I don't think that I don't think that there's much else I need to see from High and Bloom to that, that's going to convince me that he's the right guy for this. So it brings me to whether they knew about this earlier or the team knew about this earlier. Players knew about this earlier. Even if they just found out about this around Christmas time, you know, it's quiet time of the year. You get a call from Trevor story. I'm not feeling good. I think I need to go in for more MRIs because they've definitely been monitoring his health since 
last season and when they brought him in, even if this is just, you know, okay, now the alarm's going off. We got to we gotta figure this out now. He missed time as a Rocky in 2021 with sure. the elbow issue. The elbow inflammation has been an issue that other teams have been cited as, well, that's, that's, that's a red flag for us. You know, that's a red flag. And you bring him in, ultimately, maybe with this plan of unseating Xander, and instead of going with the healthy guy who has proven himself every way in the system, you're like, well... <laughs> You know, we had some, we we heard from Rob Bradford. He was on Gresham, sorry, not Gresham Keefe. He was on uh, Keefe at night last night, the Rich Keefe show last night. He was on talking about, he talked to story about this last season, that it was something he was managing the whole year. Great. That he felt better than he expected and he didn't miss time. But this has been an issue all along. So it's not like this is, some injury that came out of nowhere. It's not like he fell right. off his bike or Didn't something. Didn't sneak up on him. Wasn't some uh, freak thing. It's a thing that they knew about. So it's a thing he's been managing. Even if you accept everything from the Red Sox that Bloom has told us on its face, this is something that just really came up and needed surgery in the last couple weeks. It's been an issue underneath all along. Yeah. It's been something you're monitoring all along. Yeah. And you still decided to bring him in and pay him. And you still decided to lowball Xander. And you still decided not to make any deals with Xander's agent during the entire season. And you still decided to let him walk to free agency. And you still decided not to match anybody in free agency. Not to approach $200 million. You still decided all of that. Knowing the whole time this could be an issue at any minute that could require surgery. Yeah, and Hyam Bloom had the absolute gall today to talk about the direction and how Red Sox fans should have a clearer idea of the direction and should be excited about it, which is an amazing thing to say. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Rob Bradford did talk to Trevor Story about his elbow last year. Is that right, Ryan? This is from last year? Yeah, during the season. During the season. Listen to this. Are you turning the corner a little bit with it? or? Yeah, yeah. You know, I just did a lot of work in the offseason and you know, just really kind of re, uh, readjusting my routine and getting locked in on that. And that, that's helped a lot. And, uh, you know, strengthening the shoulder, always staying on, you know, forearm strengthening stuff. So, you know, a lot of soft tissue. And there's just kind of a lot that goes into it. Uh, you know, you can't just say it's one thing, but um, really just re- rework my routine. And, yeah, man, I feel, I feel really good about it now. And, yeah, last year was, uh, it was right. a tough year. Yeah, it was great. What, could it, what exactly was it, if you don't mind me asking? It was a flexor. Flexor strain. Okay. Yeah. Just right there on the right there. The and flexor. when did it start? Feel, when did that um, kick up? That was uh, like I want to say it was in like June or so. And you so you played yeah, through I mean, June. June. He started feeling pain there in June. Yep. In, they know this they, was in September. This conversation. They, okay. This conversation was in September. I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought it like tracked back to May. But this was in September, mm-hmm. and he says he's been having issues since June. I understand. These guys, they have issues everywhere all the time. Like, it's constant maintenance. But you knew this could be a problem. Everyone knew. You knew it when you signed him. Sorry, you can continue with Bradford there. Flexor strain. Okay, yeah. Just right there on the, right there. The and flexor. when did it start feel, when did that um, kick up? That was, uh, like, I want to say it was in, like, June or so. And you, so you played yeah, through Yeah, I, I made one throw, and I kind of, like, I did a spin throw, and I felt it, and you know, I ended up missing Missing, I think, two, three weeks and then came yeah. back and, yeah, just kind of grinding through it after that. And so you spent, but you knew what it was. And so the off season, you sort of go in and say, right. this is how 
I deal with this. Yeah. And this is how I strengthen it. It was never like I was worried about it, about, you know, oh my goodness, this is going to be lingering or anything like that. Right, right. Yeah, it was, you know, you get the pictures and, you know, get pictures in the off season and just kind of, uh, you know, reassess in the off season and, it, you know, it was the same. You know, it, it looked even better. So it was like, you know, just, uh, finding ways to, to rebuild it and you know get back to where I feel like you know I, I feel really good about my arm and um, yeah it was just a, getting the right plan of attack and then mm-hmm. sticking to it all right there you go that was from uh, September that's Rob Bradford talking with Trevor Story about his bum elbow which is now reared its head he's had surgery and they're estimating four to uh, six weeks which could be uh, well it could be a long time um, if uh, if things don't go the way they want to I do think that in some ways this is exactly what High and Bloom wanted I think this might be exactly what Bloom wanted. Now he gets to go out into the free agent market when all the good players have been picked, and he gets to sift through the garbage and try and find that diamond in the rod. That's the Bloom playbook, isn't it? Now he's going to sign a whole bunch of these middle infielders, utility guys, you know, these little Kike Hernandez juniors, bring them all in, and they all, you know, they all go out there and try out, and hopefully one of them can hit for like a couple of weeks, and then he looks like a genius who found some other untapped, uh, you know, untapped superstar. Okay, just because you, I think you accidentally said four to six weeks. Four to six months. Four to six months. Four to six me, months. Yeah, it's going to yes. be well over in probably half of the season, if not the entire season. I want to address that point. Four to six weeks point. would be great. Yeah, what? <laughs> that's fine. That's not a story. Just adapt no. spring training. <laughs> I want to. I want to address your point there on the other side, but we got to trend. All right, here it is trending with uh, Ryan Garvin. Then we're right back. We'll get into the press conference today. I am based on um, other players who have had this surgery. How long would you expect him to be out? Yeah, we're not ready to put a timetable on it yet. You know, I, I certainly would not rule out a return sometime during 2023, uh, but it's also not something at this stage uh, that uh, we want to bank on. Um, you know, it'll take how long it takes. We want to make sure he's 100%. Um, but, you know, certainly with this being uh, the internal brace procedure and not a not a Tommy John, uh, it does leave the door open for a return this season. Bloom from earlier today. Arkan and Mego here with you. By the way, we got some breaking news from the Red Sox. Would don't, you like some good news? Don't hit the sounder. Don't need to hit it. Okay. Red Sox have traded Darwin's and Hernandez to the Orioles for cash considerations. Yeah! Yay! Woo! Woo! That stove is hot. I didn't know you could uh, trade guys when they got DFA'd. I guess <laughs> I thought that they were just gone, but no, they uh, they traded them. Got it's some... Darwin's on Hernandez. Thank you. Thank you, Big O. Um, that was a terrible, that was a terrible press conference today. It really was. It was brutal to listen to. Um, the uh, the Devers stuff, at least, like, you know, there's some optimism there, a little bit maybe, but just hearing Haim Bloom try and describe uh, his his plan and try and describe the direction of the team and sort of mix that in with what just happened with Trevor's story. They don't have a shortstop or a second baseman right now. No. and what <laughs> They it, don't have anything. This, this is a, a ridiculous roster right now. What it takes to go out there and get some of the guys who are available, they're not going to be willing to do. So, like, you know, I've heard some people say, well, why don't they go out for Brian Reynolds? Mm-hmm. And then you can at least be set at center field, put Kike over there at shortstop. And what's what's funny on its face about that to begin with is that so then you'd be trading with the Pirates. Right. So it would be Heim Bloom and like the ghost of things <laughs> yet to come, Ben Charrington. Right. Just like, you know, spider maming each other Spider Man memeing each other. Yeah. Uh but then okay, so Reynolds, 
he has three years still under control by the Pirates. Mm-hmm. So he's got a $6.75 million contract this season. He has two years of arbitration eligibility. So he's going to cost a lot. Yeah, screw him. You're I don't want be, him. I want that big in, giant shortstop You're going to be going in against the Mariners, the Yankees, the Dodgers. Yeah. And they're going to ask for all your prospects. They're definitely going to ask for Marcelo. And oh, yeah, 100%. Like most of, if you're actually going for a splash, which they're not going to do because they don't want to mortgage what they see as the future, and maybe that that's going to be, you know, when Heim is out of this job, that's going to be his legacy. He's going to be well, say, well, I got to sign that guy and that guy, and now look where they are. Yeah. You know, I'm not with the Red Sox anymore. <laughs> yeah, really. Like that's really what the calculation is here. Yeah, um, it looks so. That way. D- kiss that goodbye because that's not happening. No, and I don't think they're getting O'Neill Cruz either. Even though I'd really, really love that six foot seven shortstop. What more could you ask for in baseball? He would never have to leave his feet. Then a six foot seven shortstop, hundred miles per hour coming across the diamond. Have too. you seen that guy's this got guy? A no. Can I say? Something? I love this. He's my favorite baseball. So player. He's a giant. He's awful. a freak. How bad do you have to be at the three other sports to end up in baseball at six seven? I know, right? He must have like the ugliest jumper in the three jumpers. Or can't he's rust like, the pads. He's afraid to hit people. <laughs> he yeah, can't right. skate. He can't catch a football. Is, it, is he like Lambert the sheepish lion? Like he can't. <laughs> He like put they put him out on a football field and he's just like crouches down. You got to put him somewhere, Lambert, right? That's <laughs> a great cartoon. I don't know this one. You don't know this really, one? It sounds really old. It is. Yeah? It's one it's of those. Old. It, it used to run on the Disney Channel. All the okay. Time. All like, right. Before the Disney Channel started doing like baby prostitutes. Was this back uh, when TV Disney shows. Channel, when like Disney was like anti-Semitic? <laughs> Wait, no. No, no, no. It was the about a lion. good old days. Yeah, right? <laughs> Walt Disney about, remembers them fondly. <laughs> it was about a lion who was very gentle. Okay. So he just wanted to lay around in the field, like Seabiscuit. Okay. You ever see Seabiscuit? Uh, yes. Seabiscuit used to just like take long naps all day. Lions need to hunt. <laughs> yeah. They, they can't be grazing around in a field. Male lions don't even hunt. No, it's the, the lionesses do it. who do it. What anyway, are the male lions do? That was lion corner. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, High and Bloom, uh, his, the biggest thing that he said today that I couldn't get over was how he finished this big spin. Let's hear his pep talk. Oh, do you want the pep talk? Do we get the pep talk? See, this- you guys have been so down on the Red Sox. I'm so that- hung up on this We pep haven't talk. played this. Th- this made me feel really good. <laughs> you guys good. ready to feel good? I want to feel good. All let's right, feel let's, good. let's get a pep talk here. For One mine. more thing I actually want to say, um, really to our fans, loving your favorite team has great moments. It's not always easy. And I know we've had some, up, some ups and downs, you know, certainly in the last few years. Mostly downs. And I know y'all are smart, and you knew there would be ups and downs uh, with where we stood and some of the things that we were going to have to go through. We can't fool and you. And you've been with us the whole way. When we've celebrated, you've celebrated with us. Um, when we've hurt, you've hurt. And we know that. And, and we feel it. So I'm hoping today, uh, when you think about what we always talk about and where we're going and this vision of a, of a Red Sox organization, that every year is consistently contending for championships. I'm hoping that vision's a little clearer for you today, knowing that this guy's going to be right at the middle of it, you know, what we're, what we're going to do around him. And I don't want to get into names because I don't want to forget anybody, but you know who we have, the players that have joined us through free agency, players we've acquired, whether through trade, Rule 5, and, and players we've grown, uh, that this staff that. here has grown. And you know who we have, and you know there's more coming. And... Uh, you know, you know it's not always linear, it's not always easy. We've taken a couple haymakers. You know what, we're probably gonna take a couple more. This is baseball. It's not supposed to be easy, but I wanna be clear. We're going to do this. It's gonna be awesome. We are going to get there. And just wanna thank 
all of you for your support and uh, hope it's a little clearer today. That is so awesome. I feel great. My God. Do you know what he sounds like? He sounds like he's like talking to a Christian youth group. (laughs) We're We're all here for the Lord. (laughs) We're going to go out. We're going to build these houses for the homeless. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit around. uh, Davey over here, he brought his guitar. So we're having a campfire tonight, guys. It's going to be awesome. It sounded like he was trying to wrap that thing up like three different times, and he right. didn't. He's like, I can't end it on this. And so he kept going, and then he's like, no, nope, can't end it on this either. <laughs> he gets to the end, and he's like, Have you guys it's going awesome. to be awesome, man. <laughs> like, this is going to be awesome. You ever got, You guys ever stargazed? Oh, man, we're going to go on a hike tonight. We're going to do some stargazing. Mm-hmm. Then it's- <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to dress this up. It's hard to put lipstick on this pig and, uh, and make it presentable. And I, I mean, listen, I think that High and Bloom has been given a, uh, a big crap sandwich and he's been forced to eat it since the day he walked in here. And you know who we have and you know there's more coming. Oh, really? Do we, do we know that? In a couple years. We know who we have. Do we know that they're staying? You know, you're not just going to let them walk too. I know you were, you locked up Devers. That's great. But everyone else that we had and we were excited about plays for another team now. I think Bobby Dahlbeck will still be here. <laughs> oh, good. That's great. I'll make you feel good. Bobby Dahlbeck's coming back. Jaron Duran yeah. will be here. Oh, he's, he's your starting center fielder. Center fielder. You need Jaron Duran now. You definitely need him. He's one of your best players now. It, it's going to be Christian Arroyo and Kike Hernandez up the middle. Christian Arroyo is going to have like insane contract demands now. Oh, of he's course. He's going to be like, if you want to keep me, Christian Arroyo, you're going to have to do this, this, and this. And I am going to be like, ah, okay. Like, I have no other choice now because all my other infielders are gone until he fractures his <laughs> finger pressing the button on an elevator or some nonsense something along those lines sure um 617-779-7937 is the phone number we'll get to more of high and bloom today uh but first let's go to the phones and talk to mike who is in worcester and uh leads us off go ahead mike yeah guys i think uh you know again devers time was big it's good but it's way too late we should have got bogarts when we could have Stories banged up. Now, you know what's going to happen? We're going to get a great reunion with a guy like Michael Chavis. That's going to be the guy that's left out there for us to pick up. He's a phenomenal second baseman, shortstop, left fielder, first, whatever you want to put him at. Just keep getting all these utility guys because that's going to get us 90 wins and be able to have us compete for the playoff spot. Yeah, just a bunch of uh, Kike Hernandez juniors is uh, is what they're looking to get. And I'll tell you what, High and Bloom, I'm sure, is over the moon now. Trevor Story, the big expensive guy, is out. So now he gets to pick and choose from a bunch of trash uh, free agents so, and hope that he finds some diamond in the right. You know he loves that stuff. No, this is where I actually I want to push back on you. Okay. Because if this had been one of Dombrowski's guys, I would have totally agreed with you. That he'd say, okay, out with the old, in with my plan, mm-hmm. in with my guys, it was in with, signing, that's true, with everybody. Yeah. You know, this is this is what he w- went to hang his hat on last offseason. Mm-hmm. When it was, uh, well, you know, is Hein Bloom going to be able to make a big market move? This was his big signing. And he didn't feel good about it. Right. This signing caused him a ton of anxiety, especially when it looked at times like it wasn't panning out. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he, I, like, I know that he didn't love the way that it felt signing Trevor Story to that much money and then seeing it play out the ups and downs throughout the season. So I actually think this is kind of his worst nightmare right here because it's like, hey, the one time I went out and gambled from the sandbox that I play in, mm-hmm. not the sandbox that everybody else in MLB is playing in because they're, do- like, if, from the Mets to the sure. Padres, they're doling out crazy cash. They are. But when he tries to go in extend himself that way 
and break from the logic of how he typically does things, even though everyone from the Red Sox per- fan perspective is looking at it going, why are you bringing him in? Why don't you save that cash for Xander? What the hell is this? It looks like you're going to replace Xander yeah. from the very from the jump and low ball Xander. That's kind of what but, I mean then though, is that it was uncomfortable doing that. It's not natural for him to do that. What he's naturally likes to do is uh, sign a bunch of free agent still, trash and I pick one of them. But I still think that he would rather have this on his record as a win rather than him being able to point to it and say, "See, okay, that way of doing fair. business doesn't work." Because you can just as easily point to six other five six other franchises and say it works for them mm-hmm. seems like it just doesn't work for you it seems like you know it's a buyer problem not a product problem yeah and uh the product problem is one that i think whenever you sign a big ticket free agent you always have to assume that risk you have to assume the risk that all that money may go down the drain for a couple of years or may never pan out and you end up you know sitting there holding the bag and big market teams historically since you know teams started really spending in the 90s Big market teams have always been okay sort of shouldering that. And now that, you know, Fenway Sports Group is in charge and they got all these different things going on, you know they can afford to do whatever they want to if they want to do. What they want to do is stay under the luxury tax. They want to make sure. That's why when High and Bloom first got here and they said, well, we want to stay under the luxury tax, but we're not mandating that you trade Mookie Betts. Like, yes, you are. You are mandating How that exact thing. Get there? There's no other way to get under the luxury tax. So they, they do sort of play games like that, and I do think – they gave uh, Bloom the opportunity to spend big money. And I think even that, like him spending big money was a reasonably big, not blockbuster exactly. deal on Trevor Story, who's That's again I mean. not a superstar. But that, like, but that was him extending himself. Yeah. You know, it's a difference between, okay, if you go to dinner with some people, like I'm a little bit nervous about this, to be quite frank, tonight when we go to the Celtics game, because I was like, what's the ticket situation? And you were like, I'll settle after. And I'm like, I've been in this situation before where it's you go out to dinner with certain people and you're like, this could be, this dinner could cost me anywhere from $50 to like $170. Because I have no idea. Well, we're sitting courtside next to Johnny Wahlberg ranges. and Jenny McCarthy, so you know, get ready. Honestly, worth we'll be it. rubbing elbows. Uh, rubbing elbows. <laughs> How about elbows with uh, elbows. with Boston <laughs> royalty? I don't think you can rub elbows. We'll in be public. rubbing edibles. <laughs> right no, there. but you know what I mean. So, like for him extending himself, maybe the fifty dollar dinner, right? Even though he's got like a you know whole truck behind him of cash our but. seats aren't that good tonight by the way okay great you know. yeah, awesome they're up there that's fine by me <laughs> we got binoculars as long as <laughs> if you need them i'm, need I'm always glasses. in the cheap seats i, I mean there the are no seats. cheap seats right now if there Fans were are more fun the only thing about the cheap seats is sometimes i mean this is a school night so it's a little different true sometimes when you're in the cheap seats there's like a group of boy scouts or something around you and i like to swear at the games not okay. at the players i just generally when i'm not on the radio like, Ryan, you can attest to this. Just I, let it rip. I just swear a lot sure in everyday life. And so when I'm hanging out with friends, anyway, I feel like I have to, I don't like to censor myself around the children. Okay. I like to be with the drunks and the misfits. <laughs> that's good. So as long as that's where our section Good is. to know. Well, I was uh, taking a shower. <laughs> that was a shower. When we're being escorted out of our uh, That out was of our a section. shower. Like a sailor. I've never been kicked out of a game. Get out of here. Well, hey, tonight could be the first time. Um, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. Um, let's hear a little bit more of High and Bloom today as uh, he spoke about Rafael Devers and how Rafael Devers isn't just a superstar. Oh, no, no. Every organization dreams of developing star players. Rafael Devers is a star. He's one of the most feared hitters in the game. He is. He has been. 
the guy that we want up in the biggest but situations. I can't pause this. I'm sorry. This is so awkwardly prepared. I don't want to be a total brat to Hein Bloom, but can't you just picture that he, you know, God bless him, he was rehearsing all this in oh, front of no his cards. wife last night? Yeah, yeah. Totally, right? There's no way that this is him, like, speaking off the cuff. He definitely is standing in their bedroom being like, honey, I just want to run through it two more times. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm ready. I'm sure and he it helped just draft comes up off the... Uh... So so awkward. All the media releases and all that stuff. I mean, those are all probably right saved in his mind, you know, just right there on, a, on the tip of his tongue ready to say. And I'm sure he did go over it like that, too, because, yes, this does seem very prepared. This whole ownership yeah. group and and the president of baseball operations, like none of them can just function like human beings. Mm. And I think that's why it's so hard for the fans to relate to any of this. And yeah. I know that's not nice. Like, I know it's not. I know that they've won championships. <laughs> not not, not general management. But it's like, you know what I mean? There's so much disconnect because everything sounds rehearsed or awkward or stilted. And it's, and it's always bad news, right? Yes. Like, it's almost always well, they're is, coming this, out with bad this news. This press conference was supposed to be good news. Right. And even would this, you like some good news? No. I, I mean, I, yes, I would, actually. But I don't feel like you're the one who's going to give it to me. Even this one was supposed to be a happy day, you know, talking about Rafael Devers shrouded in bad news. The whole thing. I mean, and by the way, where the hell was John Henry? Right. <laughs> You know? So John Henry wasn't there today. Reportedly, he had a conflict. Didn't doesn't he set the meeting? I would think. Like, is there any other day uh, this week that could have worked? I'm gonna be washing my hair that day. <laughs> my heart would have been broken. Oh no, I can't make it. Sorry. This is the biggest deal that in Red Sox history, and you're not gonna be there. Like Tom I grew Warner up a fan was there. Of the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm a very busy person. This ownership hasn't met with reporters since before the pandemic and he couldn't be there for the meeting that his group set that is so that is so cowardly after i got booed at fenway i swore i'd never go back there you think it's ridiculous that an owner was not there for one of the biggest signings in the last decade imagine for this team can you imagine i'm trying to i'm trying to think of who a young star the comparable stand the man comparable on the (laughs) the gas house gang Can can you imagine if Tatum was re-signed to the biggest deal in Celtics history mm-hmm. and Wick isn't there? And Wick was just like, ah, I'm good. Wick was like, I'm not going to talk on this. <laughs> I don't need to be here. <laughs> this isn't really that big of a, big of a thing. My favorite player was Stan Musial. That's right. Don't stand the man. We what never want to trade doing? him. Do they, do they give two craps about how any of this plays out to their fan base? Um, I mean... They do in the sense that I think John Henry knew it was going to be bad news and tough questions, and that's why he didn't show up. So I think he does care in that sense. Like, he cares. He knows how it looks. He knows it doesn't look good, and that's why he doesn't show up for any of these things. But do they care, like, about, you know, the fan? No, I just think he cares about not getting booed and people yelling mean things at him. I think that's what he cares about at this point. Because why else wouldn't you show up for this? Why else wouldn't you make an effort to just sit there? You don't have to say anything. Just sit there like an idiot like you always do and don't say anything. And let not, Sam Kennedy talk you know, for you like he right, always does. And let everybody else say things. And if someone asks you a question, you can just say, oh, well, I'll defer to Tom Warner for that one or whatever. Whatever it is you got to do. You don't have to talk. We don't need to hear from you. Just could you show up? (laughs) Could you at the very least just show up at the thing and sit there? Is that really that much to ask from the owner of the team? I guess it is. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. We'll continue with your phone calls right after this. Every organization dreams of developing star players. Rafael Devers is a star. He's one of the most feared hitters in the game. He is. He has been. The guy that we want up in the biggest situations, the guy that when you play us, 
you circle and you always know when his spot is coming up. He's not just a star, he's our star. It's a wonderful thing to retain a homegrown player who loves Boston and Boston and Red Sox Nation loves back. Loves him some Rafael Devers. Any better, because he just cut him a big check. Christian Arkin here, Megan Adelini. Sarkin and Mego here. Um, I like Rafael Devers. I think everybody likes Rafael Devers. Who's hitting in front of and behind Rafael Devers? Because I think the answer to that question is Kike Hernandez and Justin <laughs> Turner. I think. is Right? I mean, isn't Kike your number two hitter? And I think Turner's probably going to be your, your cleanup hitter. Wow. Think about that. Rafael You're in that's such his, a great position compared to last year. That's he's his, not just a star. He's our star. He is our star. It's true. He's our star. And no one's going to ever throw him a pitch to hit ever because they got Kike and Turner uh, before and after him. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, it's Christian Arkian here, Megan Adelini. We'll get your phone calls at 617-779-7937. Those are like, I'm just trying to think of like the meat of the order, right? Hernandez, Devers, Turner, who? Verdugo? That's scary. Is that it? Is that like? Is that your power part of the lineup? Christian Arroyo, Cassis is Cassis coming up? This Listen, year? the bullpen has really been improved, so you can really squeak out some small ball, shut it down in the seventh inning. That's going to be your path to a World Series, right there. I mean, my lord, I just can't get over. Maybe not the as delivery. good as JD and Xander. I, I think I understand what you're saying. Maybe not. So we... I have I have the projected lineup right here Let's according to Fangraphs and Talking Baseball from John Boy. Do you guys want to hear it? Or are you From yeah, who? Who's, who's John Boy? You don't oh, know who John, John, John Boy Media? Oh, John Boy Media. Oh. I thought you were talking about someone named John Boy. <laughs> like, no, 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 Like from uh, Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on. All right. Sideways. So leading off, we got Yoshida. Yeah. Oh, good. Right. Yes, of course. Right behind him, Kike Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Following up, we got Devers. Heart of the lineup there. Justin Turner batting fourth, likely DH. Watch out, American League starters. Right field, Alex Verdugo, if he hangs around long enough and doesn't get traded. Yep. First base, Tristan Cassis. Second base, Christian Arroyo. Catching Reese McGuire and Jaron Duran capping it off in the nine spot. Yay! That does not spell runs to me. Reese McGuire, that was the guy. Yeah. That was the guy, right? Yeah, that was, was the, that was yeah, the that guy. Was, he was, was Mr. Parking Lot Love. That was the guy. <laughs> the car, the car, ja- the car A lot the of hit and runs. A lot of hit and runs. Yes, the carjacker. That is correct. But um, not the carjacker. <laughs> that, I mean, did, can you? I almost want you to read that again. That is that is so brutal. I mean, that is such a brutal starting lineup. And maybe there's more moves to come. Maybe there aren't. I don't know. I'm just telling you that uh, if you want to get us all excited about Rafael Devers, you have to understand that if anybody looks at that John Boy Media projected lineup, you're going to see Rafael Devers and not much else. Yoshida, I guess there's some excitement there because we don't know him yet, and we'll see what he you know looks like uh, when he's out there playing. But, I mean, I think we know kind of what we're getting with the rest of those Come guys. Come on, what does John Boy really know about baseball after all? They just, just read lips. Jeez. Can he's we go not just to- a star. Oh, he's our star. Okay. That's enough. And if, Next, I feel like he's going to get up there and be like, the dictionary defines successes. <laughs> it sounds like a high school valedictorian speech. Uh, we didn't get to this, though. So Bob Nightingale from USA Today. I saw this, yeah. Yeah, he had a tweet about, uh, he said, Story was quite aware that he would need elbow surgery in the off season. One of his Boston Red Sox teammates said, but was hoping he could avoid it with rest. And then Kike Hernandez quote tweeted it saying full of crap with a little crap emoji. He didn't say it was Kike that gave him that info. 
No, but, but he's I, saying no one on the team would have told you that. Basically, is what he's trying to is what right. Kike's trying. Which to say. I'm not sure Kike could know for sure because for Nightingale to say that a Boston Red Sox teammate said this to him, right, and to make that up, usually when you make something something up from the people that I have seen make things up, it's like oh a source I have <laughs> over at Fenway. So da, 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 da. Yeah, you, you don't know, know him. So he goes vague. to a different school. You wouldn't, yeah, you exactly. Right. <laughs> I met him at camp, but like you wouldn't go so far as to say a, one of your teammates told me this, mm-hmm. unless one of your teammates told him that. It's so specific. It's so close to the situation. It would be bizarre to make something up and and have attribution that close to it. So I don't know. Maybe Kike is just trying to you know defend his guy there, but I I wouldn't. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And also, Kike Hernandez should probably relax a little bit. Like, you know, you're going after everybody. You're going to you're gonna call it. And relax. I know Bob Nightingale's got no a spotty record. He has no idea where record. he's going to play next year. Yeah, that's true. And I know Bob Nightingale's not got the greatest record in the world, so I'll take that into consideration, too. But, you know, getting, getting all upset about that and getting all bent out of shape about that, only do that if you know for sure that you're right. Only do that if you know for sure that this is absolutely not true. And I just, you're right. I don't know if there's any way you could know that. If uh, if one of the other players on the team who maybe isn't as big of a fan of Trevor's story or wasn't a big a fan of that signing uh, knew about it and, and said something, then maybe. And maybe it was a point of contention. Maybe it was something that caused the rift in the locker room. Well, what's this guy doing? How come he's not bad? How come he's not getting the surgery? What's, what's this all about? I'll tell you what. Him getting the surgery now doesn't strike me. It doesn't uh, you know have the, have the scent of a well-thought-out plan. You know, where you just obeyed the doctor's orders and you did exactly what they said, and then all of a sudden here you are ready to go in spring training. He's going to miss six months. Well, this what, was not the plan. What would you have had him do? So if he, if it, if we listen to his interview with Rob Bradford, mm-hmm. and he says this, there was some lingering pain and problems throughout the season, starting at least in June, and he was able to manage that through the season, not miss time from it. And then it really starts barking in December when he's ramping back up in anticipation of spring training. Like, what, what would you have him do differently? I would say you take Chris Sale as an example. Chris Sale had that inflammation that was just such a problem at the middle and end of these uh, of these seasons. Seasons where the team you did really to well. Take, like homeopathic remedies. Or no, something? I wanted Chris like, Sale to get out in front of that biloba? instead of just saying, "Well, I'll wait till the inflation goes down and then I'll go out and pitch again and hope that it works for me." And it didn't work for him, and he had to get the surgery again, and it was this whole thing. And I just sort of feel like this is that same story. He had a problem; it was nagging. It kind of went away. He played through it, and never really was completely gone. And then when he starts really trying to get back up and ready again, it's not there because he didn't have the surgery in the first place, which I think probably would have been the right move. Right. I wouldn't put it on the player because the player's always going to try to get through it. Like, and they're going to go to the very ends of the earth to avoid surgery and to avoid timeout. It's, It's on the training staff. It's on the team doctors, everybody, to just be aware that he has this inflammation that they that everybody in the world knew about right. that he missed time with the Rockies for that he talked about he had during the season. So I don't know. It may I'm not sure that they mismanaged the situation that we can say that. It's unfortunate, but they certainly mismanaged plan what what you would have thought was plan A, which was Xander Bogarts. And if you had Xander here, this would be such a secondary story. Yeah. This You'd wouldn't be, like, be that well, big of a deal. That's unfortunate. Gotta figure out second base there then. Instead of having him possibly move like one or two guys over and then bring in and sacrifice one of your precious prospects, maybe to bring just to bring a body in to fill out the field. Yeah, 
It's uh, it's not a great uh, situation. It's a bad situation right now, and I think that uh, High and Bloom's false kind of optimism is not helping the situation at all. Uh, let's go to the phones here before it's the top be of the awesome. hour. Uh, okay, Haim, let's go to JP in uh, North Providence. JP and MP, what's up, my man? The minister and Mago. Yes. I'm Raphael Devers, and it's a week and a half, two weeks ago, and I hear stories having surgery. Am I rethinking signing here? Because who's going to protect him in the lineup? He won't see a fastball for the whole year. He may lead the league in walks, and I just find it interesting. Now, after he signed, they announced the surgery when they may have known. It's a little conspiracy there, but he's not going to see any pitches this year. That's what I'm saying, JP. Why would you ever throw him a pitch to hit? There's no reason to. <laughs> you know, He's probably not going to have a lot of RBI opportunities Except either. Except for that stretch where Devers saw about like 90 straight fastballs and couldn't hit a single one That's in the middle true. of the season when last year. When he came year. back from his, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was not great then. Let's try Matt in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, um, how you doing, guys? So, um, when Trevor Story was a free agent, the writing was kind of on the wall there. He he did not have a lot of suitors uh, because of injuries in Colorado. To to not this specifically, but to his arm, there was a lot of questions about that. Um, I don't think Heim Bloom did his due diligence. I think uh, Story was brought here as a pawn to uh, squeeze on Bogarts. So, um, Heim Bloom's the smartest guy in the room. Um, he's he's at he's at the computer doing his numbers and stuff. So he just. You know, this is what happens. Thanks. All right. Thanks for the call, Matt. Appreciate it. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Going to put a pin in this Rafael Devers Red Sox discussion because coming up next, we're going to talk with Dan Orlovsky of ESPN as we continue to uh, sift through the rubble that was the 2022-23 New England Patriots season. We'll get his take on the way it ended and more coming up next.